Hi, this is Pastor Ricky Temple. I am so happy today to bring you a treat. We went back in our archives and found what we call Pastor Rick Classics. These are a sermon series that we think really speak to the soul. It's a great Bible study. It's a great time to sit back and enjoy God's Word in a very humble, I think honest, and I think real down-home way. It just really speaks to the soul. It's from my heart, so sit back and enjoy my humble presentation. I pray it blesses you. It's my effort to give you some of the best from the classic sermons I've preached over the years. Enjoy the sermon series. <laughs> the tough days of leadership. Now, what I want to do is I want to take you on a journey where we would start with David in our study is running from Saul. And in 1 Samuel chapter, um, the Bible makes an interesting statement about David's life in chapter 24, verse 14. I want you to notice that this is one of those moments, I'm sorry, verse 1, chapter 24, verse 1. It happened when Saul had turned from following the Philistines that it was told him, saying, Take note, David is in the wilderness of Ben Gedi. Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to seek David and his men on the rocks of the wild goats. I want you to watch this now. So he came to the sheepfolds by the road where there was a cave, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. Now I want you to watch. Now Saul is on this campaign now to catch David, and he is pursuing David faithfully. Matter of fact, if you'll look back to chapter 23, verse 14, he is pursuing David, the Bible says, every day. Chapter, chapter 23, verse 14. David stayed in the strongholds in the wilderness and remained in the mountains in the wilderness of, of Ziph. Saul sought him how often? Every day. Every day. But God did not deliver him into his hands. Now, in chapter 23, you see a man who is concerned about others. In chapter 23, verse 14, you see Saul chasing that man every day. Now, in chapter 24, I want you to notice with me how kind David is. When David is given an opportunity to be vengeful, I want you to watch how kind he is. David is the kind of guy who really understands that leadership is tough, and he's going through a hard time. He's being chased every day. This is a 10-year lifestyle for David. It starts when he's 20, it ends when he's 30. He only reigns for 40 years. He has 10 years of peace. Oh, I'm sorry, he reigns for 40 years. I'm sorry. From 20 years old to 30 years old, he's being chased by, by Saul. And here you have him in chapter 24 with this unbelievable opportunity to repay Saul for chasing him and harassing him. Verse 3 of chapter 24. He came to the sheepfolds, this is when Saul does, by the road where there was a cave, and Saul went in to attend to his needs. Saul goes into this cave. Now remember, he's chased David. He is trying to kill him. David has done nothing to him. It's all about a song. Saul, David is in one of the toughest times of his leadership. Scared, running around the country with about 600 men. They're all hiding in this cave. Saul goes into the very cave that these men are hiding in. He's got 3,000, you see that in verse two? Soldiers with him. 
to chase David and catch him. And verse 3, he goes in to attend to his needs. If you have a King James, it says to cover his feet. How many of you have that? Anybody have it in your Bible to cover your feet? That, that means to use the bathroom. Because when you pull your pants down, guess what they do? Cover your feet. So he's covering his feet. It's a very private time when you're covering your feet. Very vulnerable time. David's men see Saul by himself in the cave covering his feet. And David's men say, look at verse 3. Verse 4, then the men of David said to him, this day of which the Lord said to you, behold, I will deliver your enemy into your what? That you may do to him as it seemed good to you. Get him, David. He's down now. He can't even fight in that position. (laughs) That's true. I mean, isn't this an amazing story? Tell your neighbor, say, God will get you. Come on, tell him. Say, when you least expect it. Come on. Hey, he doesn't know what to do right now. Can you imagine Saul's expression? Now, this is a tough time for his leadership. Here he is now, vulnerable, and he is sitting there David's men say, is that who we think it is? All by himself? No bodyguards? Nobody. Tell your neighbor, say, your time will come. Come on. (laughs) David arose and secretly cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Now, it happened afterward that David's heart troubled him because he had cut Saul's robe. Some folks wouldn't have had any problem with their heart. Chasing me, trying to kill me. Dislodged my mama, had to move my parents. He had to move his family. He couldn't have a place. He was living in caves and tents. Saul chased him. So, I want you to see this. Go back with me. Chapter 23. Verse 26, out of all the verses that describe how intense the chase was, I want to show you this. Look at verse 26. Saul went on one side of the mountain, and David and his men, what? So David made haste to get away from Saul. For for Saul and his men were what? Encircling David and his men to take them. But what happens in verse 27? But a messenger came to Saul saying, hurry down, the Philistines have invaded the land. See, notice how God just keeps protecting David. Tell your neighbor, say, God will protect you. Come on. So now, David gets away, and here in chapter 24 is that great moment. Well, verse 6 of chapter 24 is amazing to me. David shows unbelievable character. 
And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this thing. To who? Tell your neighbor, never forget. Come on. Who your master? Who's your master? Most people who follow leaders only commit to being loyal if the leader is a good person. If a leader has a problem, we don't feel any obligation to be loyal to them. Do you commit to obeying the word no matter who you're dealing with? No. They do me wrong. I do them wrong. If I had caught Saul in the cave, I would have cut more than his skirt off. That's what some people would have to say because that's how they feel. Saul deserved, by most people's standards, to be disrespected. Why is he chasing this boy over a dumb song that he didn't even write? It's not right. But he did it. Now, here's the question. What was there that was different about David? Look at the text and I'll show you. The Bible said, go back to verse 5. His heart troubled him. One more time. His what? Mm -mm. Say it again. His what? His what? One more time. His what? Heart. Say your heart. Your heart. That's what troubled him. David said, he is my master, the Lord's anointed. I'm not going to stretch out my hand against him. He's still king. He may be in trouble with God, but he's still king. You've heard this, I'm still your mama. <laughs> I'm still your daddy. I don't care how disloyal I was to you or how I wasn't there for you, I'm still your mama. You couldn't, you are here because my, a part of my body, joined with a part of his body and made you, Miss Lady. I'm still your mama. You may not like your boss, but he still signs your check. Say your name, say amen. You know he right about that. Come on. <laughs> called respect and authority. David does right when wrong is easy. David honors those who betrayed him. David honors people that have dishonored him. So many of us will only commit 
to being loyal when people are loyal to us. You want to know why David was great? He understood the principle on leadership. I don't have to be right around here all the time. I don't even know how to be. I don't know how to make every sermon great. All I know is God says you, Ricky Temple, are in this position. You can go to the courtroom and you don't have to like the way the judge looks. You don't have to like the way his clothes fit. You can think he has big eyes, big ears. But when he says come to the bench, you better get up. Because all the judge has to say, bailiff. <laughs> David understood authority. Do you understand authority? Do you respect authority? Do you know how it is to just, despite a person's imperfections, do you understand your place? The blessing is in you standing in your place. Your husband may be a fool, but your job is to be a good wife. Your boss may be a fool, but your job is to be a what? Good employee. Your professor may be a nut, but your job is to learn the material and pass the what? Test or the class. On your transcript, it doesn't have C taught by a fool. <laughs> they don't care. They just know you have a C. It doesn't matter. Too many of us worry about people being perfect. And if they're perfect, then we follow them. God will assign you to a fool to teach you how to follow a fool. Don't y'all say that's what you signed here for me. <laughs> how many of you have been places and you have said, how did they get to be over me? Chapter 25, turn there. Story about a fool. Now, this is the woman whose name is Abigail, and she's married to him. Now, nobody in here can relate to that. But a fool is an unwise person. They make unwise decisions. All of us have been the fool before. Everybody plays the Sometimes no exception to the rule. I ain't lying. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Chapter 25. Here's a fool in action. Verse 5. David sent ten young men, and David said to the young men, Go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, greet him in my name. And thus you shall say to him who lives in prosperity, Peace be to you, peace to your house, peace to all that you have. Now I've heard that you have shearers, your shepherds work with us, and we did not hurt them. 
nor was there anything missing from them all the while they were with us in Carmel. Ask your, ask your young men, and they will tell you. Therefore, let my young men find favor in your eyes. For we came on a feast day. Please give, give whatever, whatever. We're not asking for anything specific. Whatever comes to your hand, to your servants, and to your son, David. What a nice letter. And when David's young men came, they spoke to Nabal according to all these words in the name of David and waited. Nabal answered David's servant and said, who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? It's nothing talk about David, didn't talk about his daddy. There are many servants nowadays who break away each one from his master. Shall I then take my bread? Notice the, notice the personal pronouns. pronouns. My bread, my water, my meat that I have killed for, for my shearers, for my staff, and give it to men when I do not know where they are from. So David's young men turned their, their heels and went back and came and told him all these words. Verse 13. The results of being a fool. David said to his men, every man to his sword. So every man girded on his sword, and David also girded on his sword. And about 400 men went with David. 200 stayed with the supplies. Now one of the young men told Abigail, Nabal's wife, saying, Look, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, and he reviled them, cussed them, called them names, talked about the man's daddy. But the men were very good to us, and we were not hurt, nor did we miss anything as long as we accompanied them when we were in the fields. They were a wall to us both by night and day, all the time we were with them keeping the sheep. They protected us. Verse 17, now therefore know and consider what you will do. Abigail, you need to do something. For harm is determined against our master and against all his household. For he is such a scoundrel, our son of Baal. That's it's kind of, we're getting kind of cussy here, if you can understand what I'm saying. That one cannot speak to him. He's churlish. He's difficult to talk to. The King James says, he's churlish. Can't talk to the man. Look at this now. And Abigail made haste. Now pause. By the way, the man's name, Nabal, means fool. Notice what he does. He says, now, you need to do something because your man has put you and us in danger. Watch this. This foolish person has endangered his family's livelihood, safety, freedom. He has cut off their future potential. All because he was foolish. Next time you shopping, you're out there at Best Buy, you see that computer you want, sound system, ask yourself. Well, buying this in danger, my family, 
will it endanger me, my children? Next time you pull a card out of your pocket to use it, ask yourself. You see, you have to realize, every time I see people do things that endangers people, and then they take the position of Abigail and they try to do something about it, a lot of folks get mad with the person who does something about it. For example, Abigail made haste. She said, I better go do something now. She took the leadership reins herself. This house is going down fast, sinking like quick in quicksand. I don't want to take over because my husband will seem like he's, you know, I'm not being submitted. You're going to be a submitted broke person? That the Bible didn't call you to ignore the fact that this man is coming with 400 people to kill everybody. Saints of God don't always see the light right. Sometimes you've got to make haste. You've got to straighten things out before they go down. You've got to learn to stop spending before you spend all your money. You have to learn to say, listen, this person's on drugs and they're coming in here and they're taking up all the money and you need to do something because if you don't do something, you're going to end up with nothing. You're trying to say stand up, you know, sit down and be broke. Let, talk, let me tell you right now, if I knew you was coming to my house with a gun, I wouldn't get on the altar. I dial 911 while I'm loading up my shotgun. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm just, this is all the example. I'm trying to make you think don't come to my house and mess with me. Now I'm trying to help you understand. See, there's no wisdom and standing there, knowing that this man's coming to kill you, and you sitting there praying. It doesn't make any sense. If he is hitting you upside your head, knocking you down, slapping you around. See, Don don't have but, see, I'm, I'm told y'all, she ain't got but one time. To beat me up, I told the lady today, I, <laughs> I had to get me a little passport picture, you know. And I said, I said, lady, I said, look, I need, I said, I got to get this done. And she said, well, I, she said, well, could you wait? Because our cash register's out. I said, no, ma'am, I got to pay cash now because if I, I, I got to get someplace to meet my wife. And I ain't been beaten a long time. <laughs> and she looked at me and said, what did you say? I said, oh, she hadn't beat me in a while. Your wife don't beat you. I said, just hurry up because I got to go. I know that. You can tell me what I don't get, but <laughs> she said, you need to stop that. <laughs> you got to make life fun or it gets boring. She'll probably go to Pastor Rick said, why beat him? He was trying to get out there so fast, he looked scared. So when you hear that, when you know it's true, you know where it came from. You can say, oh, Pastor Rick started that room himself. He started that. If you don't make haste, some of you right now, verse 18, that's where you are, make haste. Your job is going down. Business is sinking. You're in that store, nobody been in there all day. Make haste, look for another job. Come on, talk to me, are you hearing me? 
Make haste. Some of you need to make haste. You don't need to take your time. Make haste. And I saw Floyd coming. I made haste. All of you stayed by. God bless you. But Ricky Temple, he come back. I'm with Floyd Jr. Come, I'm going to make haste again. <laughs> there comes a time when you need to learn to do something. You've got to take action. Say, take action. Yeah. Look what she did. Took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five uh, roasted seeds of uh, roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins. 200 cakes of figs, loaded them on the donkeys. She ran that kitchen to start cooking. Gather up this. She had those servants moving. Load up those animals. And she said to her servants, go on before me. I'm coming after you. But she did not tell her husband. Why? He was a fool. So it was as she rode on the donkeys that she went down under the cover of the hill and there was David and there were David and his men coming down toward her and she met him. She said, she, now David had said, surely in vain I have protected all that, all that this fellow has in the wilderness. This verse 21 tells you what David's thinking. Surely in vain I have protected all that this fellow has in the wilderness so that nothing was missed of all that belongs to him. And he has repaid me evil for good. May God do so and more also to the enemies of David. If I leave one male of all who belong to him by morning light. That's what he's thinking. Sometimes it's hard to face the truth. You're in trouble. Sometimes you look in your house and you see a man walking around with his gun on his hip saying, I'm going to kill you. It may be difficult, but you're in trouble. It's time to call 911. It's time for the pen and men in blue. It's time for the police. It's time for somebody. Come on, say amen. It's time to say this. Is, you're dealing with a woman who's always threatening you. Or you're dealing with a problem that's going to overwhelm you. You're dealing with a career, facing a career change. If you, you, know, you need to look at the truth and say this is not good. And watch what she does when she gets there. Verse 23, she saw David dismounted quickly from the donkey, fell on her face before David and bowed to the ground. So she fell at his feet and said, do look at it, on me, my Lord. This is a powerful example of intercession. And on me, let this iniquity be. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. She asked for permission to speak. She didn't get off and demand anything, she said, can I speak? Please let my Lord regard this, what does she call it? Son of Baal or scoundrel, Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. That song came to my mind, it's not stand by your man. But another one came to my mind, please know your man. Know who you're dealing with. See, you can't, you can't get anywhere if you don't admit the truth. You have to admit, you're dealing with violent people. My wife teases me all the time about how I lock everything. She said, growing up in L.A. made him paranoid. I lock everything. If you get something to mind, you're going to earn it. 
When I designed my house, I spent a lot of time thinking about how crickets could get in. It, would be, it wouldn't look like it looks now. I would have made it a fort. Diane stopped me. Metal doors, double, oh man, you wouldn't be able to even see out the back. I would have had probably one window. <laughs> oh, I ain't gonna tell you what I got, but I got stuff. Abigail knew the deal. We in trouble. We, we better do something. I'm dealing with a fool. He did all this. Verse 26, now therefore, my Lord, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, since the Lord has held you back from coming to bloodshed, uh, coming to bloodshed and for, from avenging yourself with your own hand. Now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm from our Lord be as neighbor. And now this present which you, your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow. She gives it to him. What's funny is Nabal finds out later on. Do you know one reason why Nabal acted this way? I want to show you something. Look at verse um, 35. David received from her hand what she brought him and said, go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. David liked her. He looked at it and said, what a woman. Verse 136, now Abigail went to Nabal and there he was holding a feast in his house like the feast of a king. He partied. He's oblivious. Fools are often oblivious to what's going on around. And Nabal's heart was merry within him for he was what? Wine. Want to know why the Bible doesn't encourage you to drink? You step out of character. That's why. See, therefore she told him nothing. She told him nothing. Little or much until morning light. Could you have held it that long? Some of you, you know how you are. Oh, time, I get back to him. After you get up off the ground and you finish saving everybody, you say, well, when I get back home, neighbor, where you at, you fool? I almost got all us killed. You know why she waited? She knew it wouldn't matter as long as he was high. She knew, she, she sees this, she, 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 she picks her moments to say something carefully. You don't have a right to dishonor somebody and be disrespectful because they did a foolish thing and endangered you. You don't have to be mean and nasty about it. I'm impressed that she wasn't. Because you know some of you would have been in there with your head wobbling. You do it over, over the fact they forgot the chicken. I told you to stop by the stove. Now I can't cook. You mad over a few dollars. But notice how she honors him and watch what she does. Verse 37, so it was in the morning when the wine had gone. Say, when the wine had gone. From Nabal and his wife had told him these things that his heart died within him. And he became a stone. And it happened after about 10 days, the Lord struck Nabal and he died. God will take care of food. You don't have to worry about hurting folks. But see, I, I want to tell you something. 
One of the greatest things is to see God redeem a fool. He didn't have to die. He could have repented. He didn't repent. He just got sick. Nabal is an example of a leader out of control. David is a leader going through some hard leadership times. Please note how God protects a leader even when he's justified in issuing judgment. God sends an Abigail to stop him from doing something foolish himself. He didn't have a right to go kill Nabal just because Nabal said no. David is a young leader learning. Oftentimes young leaders are, are quick, quick to judge. I, I've, I've mellowed so much over the years. You know what I've learned? I've learned that I don't have a right to go punish people because they're not perfect. Every time they're not perfect. I learned from this story when I listened to it. I learned the power of patience. I learned the danger of being controlled by a substance that takes away my reasoning. I don't want anything to control me. I don't want to be controlled by drugs because I want to be able to think. I don't want to be controlled by sexual addiction because I don't want some, anybody that winks at me or looks at me to be drawing me into some web. I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want myself to be a victim of anybody. I want to be in control. Paul said, I don't want to be controlled by any of these things. Look at, what, look at this setting and what you see is because one man did not lead properly. He put his family at risk, himself at risk, ended up losing his own life, and he didn't have to. He was already rich. He had everything. He had no need to, 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 to pursue those things. But you notice something? When you get something, leaders who prosper, like Nabal prosper, have to be careful. There's a lesson here for David and for Nabal. When you prosper, you can lose your balance. And most of the pastors that I've known who have fallen, they fall into either alcoholism, drugs, some kind of sexual relationships. They fall into something because success breeds discontentment. You're always looking for something to satisfy you. You're looking for something to fill a void. And you know what you find out in the end? If anything, it just makes you act foolish. And you have to back up sometimes. And you have to analyze yourself. Nabal's biggest fault was he didn't repent. He could have said, I'm going to find David and I'm going to tell him myself how wrong I was. But he didn't. He just died. Whenever you've been foolish, don't die. Repent and move on. Say it with me, please. Say repent and move on. And learn from it. If you're in Abigail's place where you're dealing with someone who's foolish, be wise. If the man won't work, guess what, honey? Get a J-O-B. Earn a living. And work hard for your money. 
so hard for it. You know, sonny, come on. <laughs> like, you know what I'm See, you're going to have to say, well, I got to deal with this. Don't be foolish. Paul, look at your life. Learn from this story. David learned, they learned, we all learned. Amen? Well, this is Pastor Rick. I hope you have enjoyed the study. I really love these studies. It takes me back in time and shows me things that I've forgotten. May these studies continue to bless you. And I pray they stay in a classic place in your heart and mind. God bless you. This is Pastor Rick. Thank you for joining me for another classic study with Pastor Rick.